The Bill Myers Show podcast is sponsored by Clouser Drilling. They've been leading the way in Southern Oregon well drilling for over 50 years. Find out more about them at clouserdrilling.com. Good morning. It is Monday, the 29th of January, 47 degrees, a little foggy. If you're uh, flying out of Rogue Valley International Airport, you might want to check and make sure there aren't some kind of fog delays. It's uh, pretty thick in areas around the airport. Maybe they are able to take off in uh, in spite of those issues. But it's very patchy. It could be perfectly clear some places. You're heading down the road, I-5, wherever, and all of a sudden, boom, just a super thick pea soup. Just depends. Just thought I'd give you a, a note on that. It's going to be a pretty warm day, though. Warm day, actually, till we get back to more of a, a wintertime pattern on Thursday. We'll get the details. Mr. Outdoors, a special time. We're going to be on Mondays for the next uh, few weeks here as he's out uh, doing the Bigfoot presentations over in the uh, various uh, sportsmen's and outdoor shows. I guess he's going to be making that round. That's what you do. I mean, that's what you do in January, February, March, you know, and there's not as much to uh, go hunting for than you go out and you go to hunting shows, that kind of thing. All right. Uh, by the way, I just wanted to correct the record on something. I was, was doing a uh, social media post on uh, Facebook yesterday, and I was uh, talking about, okay, when you're searching for something, what sort of, um, what sort of uh, keywords do you absolutely do you just say, nope, not going to watch that? And for me, it's when I see things like GLAD approved, I, I just skip it, you know, don't care. Uh, family drama, don't care. Anything like This Is Us, I'm done, you know, all those sort of things. Uh, also, uh, what was it? Um, Cartel, drug cartels. We're not in drug cartels. Prison or heist. You know, you see those things. I don't care. Linda, I don't care. And uh, and Jan, and Jan Dunlap ended up saying, "Bill, Bill probably doesn't even know that there is a that there were playoff games this weekend. I knew there were playoff games over the weekend, Jan. Just for the record, I, I just didn't care. <laughs> okay, there's there's a big difference to uh, not knowing that there are playoff games and whether or not I actually care about them." But if you do care about them, then you know that it's the uh, the 49ers against the Chiefs for the Super Bowl. It's like, that's fine. You know, if you want to watch football, that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. I It's just, it's not for me. It's not for me. In fact, I know that it could be, uh, you know, dangerous for your health sometime. I'll give you an example. I'm, I'm only half kidding about this. My cousin Buzzy uh, sadly ended up uh, dying during a, a football playoff game a few weekends ago. And it was with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, Buzzy is a few years older than me. He had a heart attack during the uh, playoff game. And it was during the Pittsburgh playoff game because my family was all into the Steelers. I mean, we just bleed black and gold. That's just the way we were all growing up in Ohio. And uh, when I was in Pittsburgh, rather, when I was in Ohio, I was kind of the odd man out. Oh, boy, that's Brown's territory. You know, that kind of thing. But um, Buzzy's watching the, uh, the football game. And... He just had a heart attack. He had a heart attack because the, the Steelers won. And I was half thinking that the Steelers had been playing so poorly that the fact that he, the stress of the Steelers actually having won probably did it. Man. I think, Buzzy, uh, if you're looking down from, uh, from Steeler heaven, you'd kind of uh, smile and get it. Be, it's not that I was happy that he died. We were all very saddened about that. But <laughs> I was looking for, like, the, uh, uh, you know, the... Silver lighting in the cloud. Well, he was watching the Steelers, and the Steelers won, and then he died. You know, he just wasn't able to, uh, you know, to make it. But anyway, this is what uh, this is what happens uh, these days as we get a few more years on us. Anyway, if you want to join in, 770-5633-770-KMED. My email, Bill, at BillMyerShow.com. 
Well, we had a couple of uh, homicides over the weekend. And uh, actually one homicide. A victim in critical condition at uh, last report. Jackson County Sheriff's uh, investigated a shooting in White City. This was a call, uh, gunshots, uh, people calling for help. This was on uh, Sunday evening, about 6.30 or so, by 29th and Avenue G in White City. A suspect fled the scene, currently on the run, victim in critical condition here. And investigators believe the suspect and the victims knew one another. So no known danger to the general public that they're asking you to call the sheriff's department if you know anything about this particular shooting. And we had a homicide in a laundromat on Crater Lake Avenue this weekend. It was um, Medford Police Detectives. Uh, this according to a release from Medford Police. They've been working this case trying to uh, find the suspect in the shooting that happened uh, Saturday night at Weldon's on Crater Lake Avenue. And as a result of that, a couple of search warrants were served at, at different locations. Detectives tried to find the suspect. And about 8 in the morning on uh, Sunday, detectives and members of the Medford Police SWAT served a search warrant, 400 block of Fairmount Street. Uh, the suspect not located. Then at 335 yesterday, uh, SWAT team members and detectives served another search warrant on Thomas Road. Again, suspect not located. And they've released a name and photograph of the suspect. They're hoping people will check in. It's uh, Jesus Armando Pena Jr., an 18-year-old. And he's described as a Hispanic male, 5'7", 175 pounds, black hair, brown eyes, and a light mustache and goatee. And a goatee. So he's on the look, and they are looking for him. A victim of the case, described as a 51-year-old uh, Justin Keaton. Pena, by the way, recently escaped from Oregon Youth Authority custody and has only been in, um, in the Medford area a short time. He has warrants for his arrest. Whereabouts and clothing description are unknown. But uh, definitely, if <clears throat> you see this guy, dangerous. Pretty dangerous 18-year-old from the uh, sounds of it. So a couple of uh, shootings over the weekend that various law enforcement agencies are working, working hard, no doubt. All right. On uh, Facebook yesterday, I had, or over the weekend, I had posed a question about why haven't we had a an arrest in the Asante nurse, the Asante nurse allegedly who uh, ended up um, stealing fentanyl and then, well, replacing it with tap water, which uh, alleged, looks like it has led to the death of many people here in Southern Oregon, 8, 9, 10. The lawyers are all lining up right now. And uh, I did receive... An anonymous email, and an email I'm going to uh, keep anonymous. It's not anonymous. I mean, I know who it is, but uh, I'm going to keep the uh, names out of it. And I'll, it um, explains a little bit about what they think is going on, and it sounds like it uh, it makes sense. I'll share that with you coming up, too. This is the Bill Myers Show, KMED, KCMD. Hi there. Dusty here from Dusty's Transmissions. You know, there's nothing worse than getting stuck out there in the cold. So you want to make sure your 4x4 is working correctly. Maybe time to think about servicing your transmission, transfercation, differential. Does your vehicle have work obligations or family trips coming up? We've been servicing transmissions and gearboxes since 79. Everything from the oldest vehicles to the newest diesel truck, family SUV, car, and even hybrids. So give us a call. Dusty's Transmissions in Central Point. Getting your guaranteed maximum refund with TaxLayer feels like... Discovering a refund tree has grown in your backyard. I'm the refund tree. 
sawing off its branches. Hey, hey. Feeding them through a wood chipper. My branches! My beautiful branches! And dancing in its refund rain. Start for free and get your guaranteed maximum refund. TaxLayer. File fearlessly. Hi, this is Megan at Mini Pet Mart. Over the last seven years, Mini Pet Mart and its customers have raised nearly a quarter million dollars for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital to further their mission of finding cures for childhood cancer. We're excited again to be the title sponsor of the St. Jude Country Cares for Kids Radiothon on Q100.3 on Thursday and Friday, February 29th and March 1st. Because we know how precious your children and grandchildren are to you because they are to us too. So please stop by any mini pet mart or news and smokes plus M Street Market and the Market in Delhi and Grants Pass and make a donation now through March 1st. We'll put your name on a St. Jude pinup, display it in our store and match all donations up to $40,000. Mini Pet Mart thanks you for supporting our stores and for supporting St. Jude Children's Research Hospital where no family ever receives a bill for travel, food, lodging and medical care. With all of our help, they are finding cures and saving children and they won't stop until no child dies of cancer. Hi, I'm Amber Rose from Siskiyou Pump Service, and I'm on 106.7 KMED. 21 after 6, join the conversation here, 770-563-3770-KMED. I wanted to share an email that uh, I received. I I know the listener. I've received uh, emails from this person before, but I'm going to leave their name out of it. And they apparently are part of the Asante family, so to speak. And uh, many family members uh, working at Asante. And this has to do... We've all been kind of wondering why haven't we heard about a um, investigate? Well, we know that there's an investigation going on. You would have thought that even just the firing of the nurse would have uh, brought forth quite a bit of evidence that uh, the nurse had been stealing fentanyl, that kind of thing. And I know that Medford Police investigating this, and I, I know there are all sorts of uh, T's that have to be crossed and I's that need to be dotted, those sort of things, but. This is what the the, uh, the person ended up saying. And I think this was in reaction to social media. I was just like wondering, you know, how long does this take? Because, you know, you think about it. Uh, I first ended up uh, getting word about it on Thanksgiving. No, no, it was uh, Christmas weekend. So we're at uh, over a month at this point. And Medford police had the information even probably a few days prior to that, maybe a little bit earlier. I don't know. But it's a big deal, Right. And a lot of people are lining up with the lawyers at Asante. No one wants to say anything because of all of the uh, liability involved in here and, of course, the possible criminal investigations. But um, this is what the listener said. Now, just take it. This is a listener. I, I know this person has, has written me before. And it is not proof, but it sounds reasonable. Bill, a lot of people now frustrated that an arrest hasn't been made, and I know from the family that works at Asante about the nurse, and we had all hoped that it would all come out pretty soon. I know a lot of people affected. I now know as well, uh, which uh, makes me wonder all the more what's going on. Anyway, you might already know a lot of all that I know, but here it is anyway. The nurse is, and I'm not going to give the nurse's name right now until I'm able to do a little more investigation on this, okay? Not going to give the name, but got it in front of me. It is a woman, by the way. It is suspected that her addiction started when she injured her back. Not sure on the timeline, but we believe it was probably a couple of years ago. 
as suspicions rose with the infections, drug tests were ordered several times and she always passed. But the drug tests weren't for fentanyl. When uh, Asante ordered all the nurses to be tested for fentanyl, she refused to be tested and then she was fired. That happened last July. And three weeks ago, her nursing license was finally suspended. I'd really like to make it all public, but uh, don't want it to fall back on family. They would really like it to all be over, too. So this is a uh, a listener who I'm just going to uh, keep the anonymity of it. I, I think you can understand why. It's a lot of uh, big lawsuits flying right now. And I would imagine that uh, Asante probably wouldn't be uh, too, too happy with that. Or, I don't know. Maybe Asante would just assume be happy with it being leaked out there. I don't know. But that explains that it, it sounds like a reasonable situation. You have a drug-addicted nurse. That was interesting if that ends up being the case, that it was a drug-addicted nurse that had uh, been injured and then was uh, probably given some opiates as, uh, as part of the treatment. And then you go in that in that circle, but but still, you know, even if you even if you were, my goodness, uh, the the putting of tap water, the alleged putting of tap water into the uh, into the IV lines, Whew, man. But anyway, uh, anonymous person, we appreciate you uh, your writing. Like I said, can't take that to court right now, but that's uh, what we're hearing at the moment. Okay, all right. Join in, 770-563-3770-KMED. Some other emails of the day I wanted to, uh, to touch on. I'd certainly make that uh, that one an email of the day. Email of the day sponsored by Dr. Steve Nelson and Central Point Family Dentistry, centralpointfamilydentistry.com. And they have in-house, uh, in-house uh, crowns. In fact, you, you used to have to wait like a week or two or more to get your crowns. Nope, they have a lab right there. And they find out what you need. You stick the blanks on the machine, get the milling going, and then, boy, you can get that in about 30 minutes most times. It's, it's like while you wait, while you wait, unless there's a big line of people getting it. There's one, you know, one lab, but <laughs> still, great people over there, Central Point Family Dentistry, and it's right next door to the Mazatlan Mexican Restaurant, which is just up from McDonald's on, uh, on Freeman Way in Central Point, okay? CentralPointFamilyDentistry.com. Many people writing me from last week as we were talking about the – uh, the uh, nitrogen death, the execution that was done in the United States with uh, putting together, uh, putting to death a uh, a criminal, convicted criminal, with nitrogen. And it was uh, talked about how the guy thrashed around for a bit, took about 20, 22 minutes for it to uh, to actually occur. And I was just, you know, I wasn't real comfortable with that part. A lot of people are perfectly comfortable with it, though. And so uh, I'm taking a task here a little bit on some of the people writing in. And and, and by the way, this is not a a criticism, but uh, the Reverend David said, Bill, the solution to the problem of how to put someone to death is staring us in the face. Just OD them on fentanyl. You know something, Dave? That's uh, a pretty uh, reasonable way of going about it. I did kind of wonder how why we were going through all these things where you have to do the all right first things first you gotta numb them and then you gotta put them to sleep and then you gotta stop the heart or something. It's like fentanyl seems to be the uh, one stop drug of choice for just about anybody uh, taking themselves on here in Southern Oregon. Why not? Why not use it for an execution? I guess. Now Betty writes me from Joe County and says, "Bill, I'm all for giving that guy a slow, painful death. The more pain, the better." 
They said that it was some 20 minutes from the time the curtain closed until it opened back up. Did he show any compassion to the person he killed? I'm sure she was not pain-free. He was in a four-point restraint and would naturally twitch a bit as he's dying. No sympathy in my part of the world. He went through many court processes. Enough already. All right. Uh, Kevin uh, writes uh, from Rogue River, says uh, they should go back to hanging quick but horrible to look forward to. It wouldn't uh, or shouldn't be pleasant for them. All right. And Leslie says, Bill, I find it amazing when you were talking about uh, the the homeless uh, situation, various other things, that uh, how many that the government can come up with so many uh, BS programs to waste taxpayer money. The government truly wants us from cradle to grave. Have a great day. Appreciate your writing, Leslie. Wild Salmon writes this morning, says, um, Bill, just as we know there's a shortfall of taxes to pay for the level of government we need, an illustration of how things are out of any sustainable solution. Consider Danny Jordan's $250,000 salary in Jackson County, where the average income of non-government employees is less than fifty grand a year. I have nothing against Danny. In fact, I think he's done an admirable job, but I'm not sure we can afford him especially given how public employee wages are set by a board game where only public employees get to participate. In this game, only other public employees get to be considered, and the highest-paid employee gets to set the rate for the current government employee who is up for consideration. The rates only go up. Right about that, Steve. You got that right. That is uh, the, way it, uh, the way it works. Oh, by the way, uh, Danny Jordan just got to retire and draw his pension. It was sold to the public that this would save taxpayers money because Mr. Jordan would not get pension contributions along with his salary. It's very true. I don't know what uh, Mr. Jordan gets for his pension, but let's use 60%. So that would be another 150 k per year or a total of $390,000. he will probably now run for mayor. <laughs> well, you can legally justify it. It's uh, unsustainable. Actually, you're right. I think he stay. Uh, I guess the rumor is what? Staying on as a... Uh, consultant i guess or something still kind of uh doing the gig but you're right it is actually cheaper to hire the pers uh, double dipper it is because you don't have to then pay for the pension costs that you do for anybody else that you would bring in new the one thing i would uh, add though about this though is that uh, a lot of uh, has been made about danny jordan's salary or about the you know any administrator's salary for the most part you got to think of them as the ceo of the county or not the CEO, but, but you know, a, a big wheel within the county. You have to remember when Danny, why Danny was hired. Can anybody tell me why Danny was hired? I know Mr. X can call in this morning and tell me why Danny Jordan was hired. He was hired to replace some $30 million of missing government revenue from the timber cutting going away. And when he had to find a way to keep the lights on in the county. That's what he was hired to do. And he has managed to do that and then some and has been quite creative, in my opinion. I know Simon Hare, you know, former Josephine County commissioner, was uh, talking on the show how uh, how in many ways he understood the reason why Jackson County went with uh, with Danny, because you're able to do some things with a county administrator that you can't do necessarily alone. And that um, he's done a pretty good job. Very creative ways of, uh, of of spending, or in some cases, not spending money. And, you know, I, I could make the case here, Steve, that as irritating as it is to see that kind of a salary, that um, he probably saved a lot more than he cost. Even the uh, creativity coming up with the running of their own medical system, the own, their own uh, insurance and medical system there within the county, instead of contracting it out, I forget exactly how they uh, they did it, but it was 
really interesting what they did, and it saved the county a lot of money. That's why he was hired. That's the reason he was hired. And you have to pay people with that kind of expertise. You're not going to get him as uh, volunteers on the city council or on the county commission or on the five-county commission board like the leftists want to uh, do in Jackson and Josephine County. That kind of thing. So I understand the irritation, but I also understand why they did it, too. All right? All right. 770-5633. Let me grab a quick call here. I have no idea. It's live without a net. Don't have a screener, but we're just going to see how you're doing. Hi, who's this? Good morning. Yeah, Ron Grasspass. Hey, Ron. What are you thinking? Uh, on the uh, nitrogen and death sentence for that character that committed a very heinous crime. Yes. Strikes strikes me that every day we hear something on the radio that says, don't leave generators running in your house. Why? Well, because we use carbon monoxide. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens? Well, you, you suddenly get sleepy, and then you go to sleep permanently. That would be, to me, a very simple, easy, and quick and cheap way to help these people out. Yeah, well, you know, that seems reasonable. You think about that. You uh, have people die all the time from carbon monoxide. And what do they do? They call it the silent killer, right? That's right. And hmm. one thing else they might add. There are people on death row who probably don't want to spend 10, 20, 30, 40 years in prison uh, who should be given the option of that same uh, out. That is, if you want to leave uh, the earth, uh, just go ahead and sign a paper and have doctors approve it or, just, you know, psychologists or whoever that says that's what you want to do and save the taxpayers a bunch of money. Okay. I have another way to save some money. How about this? What do you think about this? How about when uh, Stabbing Wagon hands out free needles or when, uh, you know, when the other, uh, you know, harm reduction places, when they hand out needles over at Riverside Park and various other places, all the harm reduction individuals, right? Should yeah. should they hand out DNR tags? Do not resuscitate? No, they should have one of these uh, generators at the back of the truck where people could hook into that <laughs> and just to as oxygen. And they can just, mm. you know, go ahead and, and go away. All right. Thanks for the call there. Take care, Ron. 633 KMED KCMD. We're going to talk with uh, Mark Mix about unions a little bit here. Is the, UA, is the UAW really going to go in all, all in on Biden? A little bit of national politics. We'll do a little bit of that. Good morning, KMED KCMD. Hi. This is, this is Minor Dave. Yeah, Dave, what's up? Uh, Kirby was down on uh, Friday and he took some pictures of uh, Iron Gate Lake, the road closure, mm-hmm. and he shared them on Facebook with me and so i sent you the link to facebook to look at the valley of death oh yeah i looked at it it's a it's a mess it's filled with mud just like um just like captain bill simpson talked about last week sure you bet yeah i just thought you uh uh we give you permission to share those photos okay all uh, right yeah all right we'll do so sorry for the trouble there really am but um i have a feeling that um when the tribes wake up from their money, from their uh, money injection, you know, the high from the money injection, they're going to regret this someday. I really oh, do. Yeah. The national news is calling it the biggest fish kill in the history of the United States. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it's what you have to do in order to save the fish. We have to kill the fish to save the fish. Don't you know, Miner Dave? Appreciate the call. It's uh, 635, KMED, KCMD. I'll find those pictures and we'll share them there, Miner Dave.
If you farm and ranch, there's always an off-season to-do list. Two Dogs Fabricating can check some of those boxes so you're ready for spring. Two Dogs expertly repairs busted equipment, fabricates new implements to meet specific needs, and modifies and strengthens your current stuff to extend its life with expert shop work to avoid time-consuming field repairs. Two Dogs fabricates custom gates, too. So if you have an idea, sketch it out on a napkin and bring it in. We'll take care of the rest. Two Dogs Fabricating on Brian Way off Sage Road in Medford. News sponsored by Caveman Heating and Air. It's the climate and we control it. Call Caveman Heating and Air at 541-476-0009 or cavemanheating.com. Good morning. I'm Molly Smith with your NBC5 morning news update. A shooting at a Medford laundromat left one person dead Saturday night. Medford police say officers responded to Weldon's laundromat in the 600 block of Crater Lake Avenue. A male victim was discovered in the laundromat with multiple gunshot wounds and he was pronounced dead at the scene. Police say because it's an ongoing investigation, they cannot release certain details at this time. But if you have information about the case, you are urged to reach out to MPD. And it's that time of year. Tax season starts today. The Internal Revenue Service will start accepting and processing 2023 federal income tax returns. The deadline for filing for most people is April 15th. People who miss the tax filing deadline will likely face a hefty penalty. And the City of Medford and ODOT are planning ways to reduce traffic congestion on the South Medford and Phoenix interchanges. As of right now, project planners have their eyes set on possibly extending South Stage Road in South Medford across I-5 and Bear Creek. Currently, the lack of east-west connections in that area between South Medford and North Phoenix results in longer travel times and puts stress on other areas. ODOT is open to hearing from the public for input. And you can go to o.openhouse.org to find the South Stage Road Extension Plan Open House. There will also be a virtual public meeting at 6 p.m. on Wednesday. And that's a look at your morning headlines. For NBC5 News, I'm Molly Smith. Is the homemade potato salad as good as mom's? Maybe. Bring mom for a trial sample to Diner 62. The much-anticipated White Thought Hunger event is back. Bring in 40 ounces or more of peanut, sun, soy, or almond butter, and 10 ounces or more of jelly to Kelly's Automotive Service in Grants Pass or Medford, and we'll exchange that for a pair of wiper blades installed on your car valued up to $35. This is a great deal for you and the hungry of Southern Oregon. Wipeout Hunger runs from January 15th until February 16th. Kelly's Automotive Service, where we service your vehicle, but take care of you and wipe out hunger. My ride smells just right, just right, just right, just right. Y'all gotta try just that for right, Bree's car. Just right, just right, just right, just right. Yeah. La 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 la. With up to 40 days of consistency, all over Bree's car clips right on your vent. Yeah. You know my car's my happy place. Keep that smile on my face. When it smells just right, just right, just right. Yeah. Breathe happy for Bree's. La 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 la. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Baron Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates in Northbrook, Illinois. 106.3 KMED, 99.3 KCMD. This is The Bill Myers Show. 638. Mark Mix joins me. Been way too long since I talked to you, Mark. And uh, Mark is the president of the National Right to Work Committee. 
So we don't have a right to work otherwise, right? Is that the case here, Mark? How you doing? Welcome to the program. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm doing great, Bill. Thanks for having me on. I know it's early out there, but it, uh, things are already happening here in Washington, D.C. And, of course, lots of news as it relates to this issue over the weekend with uh, the president not understanding how to wear a hard hat. I don't know if you saw that, Bill. Did you see that? Yeah, I did see that. And it's interesting <laughs> how Snopes... The uh, one of the so-called fact checker, a road to the rescue, said that was false. He did not. He, he did wear the hard hat the right way. And then uh, Twitter set Snopes on fire and they finally had to come back and say, oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, he, yeah, he he didn't wear the hard hat correctly. And is if, who's going to fact check the fact checkers is what I'm wondering, Mark. What are we going to do about this? Huh? Yeah, that's a great question. But, you know, there's one fact, Bill, that, that you and I wanted to chat a little bit about, and that is the United Auto Workers Union endorsement. Yeah. You know, Sean Fain, the new president, he's been the president for about eight months. He was on Fox News last week, and he said this, and I'm quoting. He said, look, let me be clear with this. A great majority of our members will not vote for President Bar- Biden. Mm-hmm. Yet some, but that's the reality of it. Well, some will, but that's the reality. And then the union endorsed President Biden to be the next president of the United States or to continue his reign as president of the United States. Hmm. Okay. But yet he admits that his uh, his group will not, that not every. Well, that's true. I mean, your vote is your vote is your vote. But, um, I mean, what was the point? Has there been a giveaway to the uh, to the auto workers there from the Biden administration that I'm unaware of? Because the green agenda has not been really helpful. If anything, it uh, it hurts a lot of unionized auto workers, isn't it? Ultimately, yeah, that's abs- that's absolutely right, Bill. I mean, it looks like, like it takes about forty percent less labor to build an electric vehicle, and with the president and his administration kind of mandating that we get to a certain percentage of EVs by what is it, twenty thirty two? I mean, one wonders what Sean Fain is saying because it basically puts United Auto Workers out of work and and on the unemployment line if they're building only electric vehicles or a large percentage of electric vehicles. And we're finding now, though, that the reality of all that is not necessarily anything that apparently. We should be worried about because if it snows and gets cold, and I think it does get cold out where you are, Bill. It gets cold where we oh, are. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, we know those folks in Chicago had trouble charging their cars. Uh, what? What was it? Two weeks ago, or a week and a half ago, or so? Yeah. There's nothing about. There's nothing like having a line of uh, dead Teslas sitting by the supercharger over in Minnesota. I saw another one in which it was like uh, minus ten. And they couldn't, and there was a person who was complaining that uh, she couldn't even get the Tesla to take the energy because the battery has to be warm enough in order to even charge. I mean, in other words, electric vehicles are great if it's uh, if it never gets too hot or never gets too cold. It's perfect. So, you know, you live there, good for you, okay? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It, you know, we're getting back to the issue at hand here with the United Auto Workers Union. I mean, Sean Fain said the great majority of his members won't be supporting President Biden, and that's because the Biden policies have really had a negative impact on their paychecks. And then why would the union back the president when he then when the when the head of the union says that it didn't help that Bidenomics didn't help his union members? I thought he was supposed to be working for the union members here. Help me out here, Mark. All right. Well, that's one of the great questions, uh, you know, out there that uh, why do they do this? And union officials are different than rank and file union members. And we know this about most unions in this country. I mean, first of all, the United Auto Workers Union is about 380,000 workers, and over half of those workers are not even in the automobile industry anymore. They're in graduate assistant uh, positions in the University of California system. Oh. They're nurses and, and medic, med- medical personnel and clerical personnel around the country. So when Sean Fain speaks about auto workers, he's speaking about a minority in his own union. And then 
he goes back and, you know, because he's a political animal and he's got ideology that uh, doesn't square with most of his rank and file members. But because, Bill, they can compel people to associate with them, they can force people to pay them dues and fees in order to keep their jobs, they're basically unaccountable to rank and file workers because if you don't pay, you don't work. And when that kind of compulsion comes into the system, corruption is is the next step. And then this political ideology that's kind of forced down on rank and file workers because the UAW is going to spend a ton of money trying to get President Biden reelected. And that money is going to come from the paychecks of and the and the the labors of UAW members who even Sean Fain admits are not going to vote for him. Hmm. So, so, you know, so you're, for, so you're, you're forced to you're forced to pay your union to uh, to, well, prop up someone who votes against your interests or is against your interest here. Mark Mix is president of the National Right to Work Committee. How many right to work uh, states do we have right now? And what is a right to work? What is the definition of that? What do you have to have to be called a right to work? Because I thought in the United States, you know, just being a, an American, you have a right to work. But I guess I'm wrong when it comes to union places, right? That kind of thing. Well, you're right. Yeah, currently 27 states have right-to-work laws on the books. And, Bill, the issue is very simple. We believe that everyone should have the right to join a union, participate in a union, and support a union any way they see fit. Mm -hmm. But no one should be forced, as a condition of employment, to pay money to a private organization for the right to work in America. 23 states, and it'll be soon to be 24, as Michigan repealed a right-to-work law that was in place for over 10 years there. That law will go go out of effect probably in the middle of this month. Uh, because of what the legislature did last year. Now, why would did would uh, Michigan? Why would the legislature repeal right to work there? Was it was it unpopular because well, of the union unionizing of the auto workers there, or what? What's the story? No, Bill, I'm, 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 you can't see me, but I'm scratching my my thumb and my fingers together because it's about money. Oh, and it's about money, and it's about politics. You know, the unions, particularly the UAW, spends about 99 percent of all their political money on one party. I'll let you guess who that is. Mm-hmm. And so that money fuels the pump of that particular party. And when the, when the Democrats took a one-seat majority in both houses, uh, the fir- very first thing they did in that state legislature was grant unions, p- private sector unions, the ability to collect dues and fees from workers in order to work in Michigan. So, uh, you know, it's about money. It's about power. And you would think that union officials would believe that, yeah, hey, we'll do such great things that workers will join us voluntarily. And that was the origin of labor movement back at the early 1900s. I mean, it was all voluntary at the time. But once they realized they could get power from the government, it was Katie bar the door, and now they have the ability to compel someone to pay them as a condition of working. Oregon is not a right-to-work state, is it? I don't think that so. That is correct. Okay, so that we're not. I just wanted to be uh, be clear on this. I've never belonged to a union, so it's not something I've paid as much attention to as I as I otherwise should, as I otherwise should rather. But Mark, here is where I have a real problem with uh, with unions. And it has to do with public sector employee unions. It is the biggest driver of policy and uh, and politics in the state of Oregon because it's public sector. You essentially have no honest broker negotiating it. You have public sector unions that uh, recycle money. They buy their politicians, and then those politicians negotiate uh, wages, benefits, and and various other things. And there's no one that really represents the uh, the taxpayer. And as I mean, I get people wanting to join a, a union privately. I don't think there should be public sector unions, period, because there's it's impossible to separate the politician that they that they buy from the benefits. It's a it's a positive uh, uh, feedback loop there that uh, that controls. I mean, we're controlled by public employee unions here, essentially in Oregon. What do you think about yeah. that? 
Well, you're exactly right. And, and I will say, Bill, you're aligned with former President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who said the same thing when asked about unionizing the public sector. I mean, the idea that you put a private organization between the citizens and the elected officials is really a recipe for disaster. And it's proved to be that across the country. As you look at the states that are most highly unionized, like California, Illinois, New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, they are fiscal basket cases. If it weren't for federal money, that, you know, the, the, the damage and the destruction that the public sector unionization has done to the country and to those states would be way more apparent. And it's becoming more apparent now. I mean, deficits are occurring all in all mm-hmm. of those states when it comes to operations. But, you know, we have done something about it. We won a U.S. Supreme Court case, the National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation, our sister organization, which I am privileged to help uh, organize and run as well. I won a Supreme Court case called Janice B. Asmin. If you've talked to anyone from the Freedom Foundation, they've done a great job of, well, they've done a really important and great job whether or not the, the state law allows them to talk to public employees about their right not to pay union dues. We actually won First Amendment protections for every government employee, whether it be in Oregon or or California or Maine. They don't have to pay dues or fees to a union in order to keep their job. So now enforcing that provision is something that's very important. The Freedom Foundation is doing great work there. We continue to litigate the case to protect workers from being forced to pay a private organization to work for government. Now, the law, even the Janus decision, does uh, allow a union to require you to pay for the actual cost of negotiating a contract. And that would seem to be fair. Right. That, that, that's no, the case, actually, if I understand actually it. Actually, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It, it, it does not. And it the does reason not. why they say that is because oh. everything, everything that government unions do is political. They are redressing government. It's, end of story. You know, that's it. Oh. And so everything they do is political. And that's what the Supreme Court said on the First Amendment constitutional case. They said everything these government unions do when they're forcing government employees to pay them a fee is lobbying and redressing government. And that's political speech. So you can't force them to pay for political speech they don't agree with. And that was the genesis of the case to begin with, Bill. It was a public sector employee who said, I don't support anything this union's doing politically outside of my workplace. And so the bottom line is this. If workers want to, you know, if unions want to represent workers, let them represent those workers that want to be part of them, mm-hmm. but don't force workers to associate with them or, and to add insult to injury, pay them. Isn't there a case to be made, though, that somehow something legal is 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 amiss, is or is 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 amiss when you have uh, the taxpayer really not being represented in a public employee negotiation of any sort, whether it's teachers, whether it's SEIU. Uh, you know, everybody, you know, here, it's like there, there, there's nobody really looking out for the taxpayer and arms. There's no arm's length transaction. See what I'm getting at here? Everything, everything's involved here like that. Yeah, a- absolutely. And, you know, it's funny, they, union officials brag about it. If you're down in Sacramento and you watch the SEIU show up at a committee hearing, they say, hey, you know that we're your boss, right? We can elect our own bosses here and they can do it in Oregon and they can do it in Washington. But mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. I mean, and that's why union officials absolutely oppose any opportunity for transparency in the bargaining process. You know, hey, why shouldn't there? Why shouldn't public be able to sit in on a bargaining process that deals with how their taxpayers are, their tax right. are going to be used? That's right. But the unions won't have any of that. They don't want any transparency. They got it. They've got a great political deal because, as you said at the outset, they can elect their own bosses, and it's a, it's a how'd you call it? It's a it's a loop. It's a self uh, self affecting loop. I yeah, think, it's a re- right? yeah, it's a reinforcing uh, feedback, self reinforcing feedback loop here. You know, yeah. and you you buy more politicians and you get it going. That's why it, it makes the entire system corrupt. But you're saying the Janus decision, though, uh, that you ended up uh, helping uh, do here. And by the way, uh, Mark's mix, uh, Mark Mix, rather, president of the National Right to Work Committee. And uh, this makes it clear that even if you are a public employee and you're unionized there, you can petition or just say, hey, you're not going to take my money. 
You can do that? It's That's that exactly simple? right. Yep, and you don't you can't be forced to pay anything to work for government. Now there is when they say it's is it that simple? Well, the union officials don't like the decision, and uh, you know the Freedom Foundation has done great work out in Oregon and Washington, California, and frankly we've tried too across the country. But unions basically say, you know what, we're going to ignore the Supreme Court. The first thing that the Supreme Court said was you can't be forced to pay dues, but the second thing they said was that you have to have an affirmative waiver of First Amendment rights before anyone can collect any money from anybody. Mm. And that waiver is really what the fight's over now, is how do you get out of it? Workers have done, they've withdrawn, they've gotten their money back, and we continue to litigate on their behalf, and we'll continue to litigate uh, for free. We have a free legal service for workers that want to exercise their rights, and they can find out about those rights at nrtw.org, nrtw.org. nrtw.org. All right. Mark, uh, I wanted to point out, though, the, the corruption that you're fighting, and I appreciate the corruption that you're fighting. You're really fighting corruption here, especially with public sector employee unions. There are a number of campaign finance reform uh, issues or for ballot measures that are being proposed and could be on the ballot measure later this year for the presidential election. And, of course, uh, there's one from the unions, which, of course, would limit all sorts of other campaign financing from other people and individuals and grassroots organizations. But guess who's exempted? <laughs> yeah. I get it. I, I think I can guess. I'm not sure. I, I'm unwilling to go on the record, though. Yeah, yeah. Me. No, it's okay. No, you're right. Yeah, they're right to guess. Yeah, the public employee unions would still be able to uh, to contribute as much as they wanted, you know, <laughs> because that's speech. The rest of the speech, everybody else's speech, that's corrupt speech, right? And so you need to restrict that. And, and by the way, I'm actually okay with uh, campaign finance reform, but I, I just, I love it how the public employee unions say, well, uh, we still need to be able to buy politicians. You know, that's that's essentially what they're saying here in the state of Oregon. It just astounds me. Yeah, Bill. And, and, and that's the reason, because they go to government for their power. You know, as I mentioned, back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, the unions were completely voluntary, and, and their founder, Samuel Gompers, warned them about going to government for power. But yet they did in the 1930s in the private sector. They got the federal government to impose forced unionism across the entire nation. And then the public sector was a derivative of that because they saw how much power they had. And so now... They are wards of government action, and that's why they have to play politics to the tune of $2 billion every two years in which they report, which could manifest itself into about $10 billion if you count all the stuff that the public sector government unions do. Uh, They're a big political force, but their power is derived from government. That's why they have to have a stable of politicians in their pocket that they can count on to maintain this power and this abuse. But the bottom line is, if your union is not in line with your political beliefs, you don't have to pay them. In fact, you can find out more. Mark Mix, once again, president of National Right to Work Committee, and also serving as president of the National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation. That was the part that ended up uh, fighting for the Janus decision, right? And, and That's, got that yep, going. We oh. argued the case. We argued the case at the U.S. Supreme Court and won that case. And, and then lots of other folks have helped to kind of enforce it. And there's more to do. For certain, for sure, Bill. NRTW.org. That's the main clearinghouse for people to find out more about you, right, Mark? About their legal rights under Janus. That's exactly right. All right, very good. Anything else you want to add before we take off, other than uh, the fact that, yeah, the president actually did wear his uh, his uh, hard hat backwards? <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, Lunch Bucket Joe is not so much of a lunch bucket. I mean, depending <laughs> on where he's talking and who he's talking to, you know, he grew up in the Puerto Rican community. He grew up in the synagogue. He grew up in the black community. He grew up here and there. He was with the mine workers, but he 
was a U.S. senator at age 29 and a prosecutor before that. So I'm not sure where the lunch bucket comes from. And the fact that he can't wear a hard hat right kind of indicates where he stands. <laughs> Mark, what can I say? You know, uh, we always uh, joke about, well, we don't joke about it, but, you know, America is always known as the place where you go to reinvent yourself. Joe Biden reinvents himself by the hour. It depends on who's in front of him. Okay. <laughs> Gotta love that. Indeed he does, Bill. All right. Indeed he does. Thank you very much for being on. We'll have you back, Mark. Take care. Be well. My pleasure. 655, good to know. Mark Mix, once again, National Right to Work Committee and also the Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation. We'll put all this up on KMED.com. If you're remodeling your house, start with the foundation. Millette Construction offers a no-pressure, thorough inspection of your home's foundation and a no-obligation estimate if your house needs work. The foundation is most important because all the repairs and upgrades you're planning from the floors, windows, doors, cabinets, even the roof can be affected if your foundation is unstable. Be sure you're on solid ground. Millette Construction will level your house and correct the shifting soil problem. Visit MilletteConstruction.com. Bill Meyer for Wellburns Weapons. Wellburns has the latest in suppressor technology, the Griffin Armament Bushwhacker 46. This new generation Bushwhacker 46 is engineered to be more compact and durable with higher performance and more mounting options than its predecessors. And its suppression flexibility, amazing. 450 Bushmaster, 458 SOCOM, 308 Windmag. The Bushwhacker 46 will suppress practically everything in your gun safe. Incredible versatility. See it today at Wellburn's Weapons on Crater Lake Highway in White City. The Bill Myers Show, 106.3 KMED, 99.3 KCMD. 656, since I'm catching up on some emails of the day, I'm going to continue, you know, on that right now. And more emails of the day sponsored by Dr. Steve Nelson, Central Point Family Dentistry, centralpointfamilydentistry.com. And by the way, if you don't have... um, dental insurance they have a plan there it works a lot like dental insurance much a lower cost and better benefits ask them about it centralpointfamilydentistry.com get your appointment today and uh and john riley writes okay charlie brown omar is still in congress yet bentz voted to kick santos out proof that bentz is a saboteur for the democrats with republicans like him he will betray the voters when it really counts so it's worse than having a democrat in his place okay john uh, and your plan then is to, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Is there any, is there anybody that could behave badly enough to be kicked out? George Santos is not exactly the one to hang your hat on to kick Bents out. It's, it, it's kind of thin gruel. I'm, I'm just saying, but yeah, I will agree with you with Omar, but, um, okay. But Hey, we, you can have your opinion about that, John. That's okay. Mark Johnson writes an email. I'm on an email tree here, and boy, Mark Johnson wrote an interesting, an interesting email to a whole bunch of people, including Dan DeYoung, who he directs this to, mayor and city council, and the subject, City of Grants Pass keeps harvesting more enemies. Oh, is this about the sales tax, eh, Mark? Right? Danny. This is uh, Dan DeYoung. I have a feeling Mark knew Dan uh, DeYoung back when he was a kid, right? I think the bad will towards the administrative and council branch of the city of Grants Pass started with the Copeland land condemnation debacle. There's a line of people that are in line to burn down City Hall over that. Nobody's forgotten. In fact, I believe the hard feelings towards the city municipality have festered and become more inflamed with time. I'm just a country boy, Danny, but that, that water can go up to M Street to the Spalding Industrial Park and back probably would have cost less to do that than the court fight with Copeland. And, hey, I bet Copeland would have uh, given a go caveman bid on the project, too. Goodwill. 
That's what I'm talking about. That's what he says here. Nobody wants a sales tax. As soon as that camel is in the tent, a few percent, next thing it'll be 6% to 12% to pay for the water plant. The government will go blind-ass drunk on a sales tax. Well, we could recall the city council, sue the city of Grants Pass, get Aaron fired, and hell, all the admin fired, cut the city budget a third, thread the needle by scorched earth, or by scorched earth, rather. Or I guess we could all suffer together, pay a small amount on our electricity to try to close the budget gap for the police. City doesn't have enough in reserve either, does it? Need to cut costs. I devil's advocate sometimes for others. I think most people understand what I'm doing when I open up the curtains to certain groups to that window to show those rents so you can see what's actually going on. Interesting. So, Mark, you're okay with the $12 a month? You're thinking $12 a month on the utility fee to uh, to backfill the police? That would probably be the most reasonable of what they're talking about. Uh, I- I'm with you. I-, I just don't think a... Any kind of a sales tax, a sales tax first and foremost. A sa- the, the sad part about this is that uh, let's say you, you decide to do that one and a half percent sales tax, or you do a seasonal sales tax, which voters already turned down, by the way, already did that once. You do that, and you're putting your local economy at risk because you've made it that much more affordable for someone to leave Grants Pass and go to work in Medford. And the same thing would happen if uh, if Medford were to decide to have a uh, a local sales tax in order to you know, backfill something that's going on with Medford. Same with Ashland. Of course, uh, Ashland did that uh, meals tax. I still know people who will not go to Ashland. They will not go to Ashland out of uh, principle because of the sales tax on meals. They won't go there. They won't do it. And they, they kind of wear it like a, a red badge of courage, although Ashland has this amazingly vibrant uh, restaurant scene. Well, Grants Pass has a really vibrant restaurant scene, too, and you want to strangle it in the crib, go ahead and put a meals tax on it. It's not that cheap to go out to uh, to eat these days in the uh, Biden inflation with the uh, Biden economy and more. But anyway, the utility fee, as much as I hate those, probably the least evil of all the bad things that they could probably do in Grants Pass. So I'm kind of with you on that one. I don't think a sales tax would help at all, Matt, uh, Mark, and I'm kind of with you. There be a lot of bad feelings because it would um, it would really hit already hurting business people where they you know where they live. Okay, all right. So we'll be talking the outdoor report here. Mister Outdoors will join me here. Kevin Starrett's going to kick in here a little bit later too because uh, I was uh, talking with him over the weekend after I saw what happened with that uh, that shooting suspect. Remember the shooting suspect that was uh, convicted? He ended up by getting three years probation. Uh, you know he went to to sell pot or went to sell marijuana at the uh, at the skate park and then another guy's there they get in a, into a to-do and he shoots him several times he doesn't die fortunately the other guy and uh, he gets three years and then i contrasted that with the experience of the individual who was at the uh, the george floyd protests of 2020 he was part of a group out there saying all lives matter, all lives matter. Then he ends up getting uh, surrounded. And he got treated much more harshly from the court, in my opinion. So I start wondering, do we have a, a two-tier justice system? You know, if you're, if you're of the right politics, uh, DA will uh, go easy on you or...
cut an ice deal. Maybe it was just because of the judge involved. I don't know. But we'll talk about that and various other things with Kevin Starrett, too, all coming up. A couple minutes after 7, KMED, KMED, HD1, Eagle Point, Medford, and KCMD Grants Pass is where you are. Thanks for being here on The Bill Myers Show.